0: this is continuum drag a weekly podcast for visiting television sci-fi fantasy and everything in between this week bionic woman episodes seven and eight
1: Along with being good with horses, he rules by political terror, abduction, assassination, torture. Mm -hmm. And that's not just people he doesn't trust. Their families, the village, his own people. I know, I spent some time there.
0: We're gonna protect this guy?
1: Listen, they can kill him all day long in Amara. But if it happens here, it's only gonna empower the anti-American nationalists. Leaving a power vacuum in Amara. To be occupied by a fresh generation of jihadists, Taliban comes to Africa. Right, so we protect the bad guy.
0: Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that's wishing you a very happy holidays. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's
2: festive, Jordan? Uh, what's festive is we have... How many times have you been here, Courtney?
1: I think this is my third time?
2: No, four? It's way more than that. No, four It's like, four it's like four the, at the 15th most. time.
1: Oh, that would, that would be amazing if I had been able to do this five, 15 times. But I think it, four at the most, possibly three. I can't yes. remember the other third show, so
0: we're here with our returning guest, Courtney. Thanks for being here, Courtney.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry, we're not all in a room together.
0: I know it's sad. We're all remote. We're all remote controlled this time. Um, mm-hmm. But that's my question too. What was the last show you were on for? What shows have you done? I was trying to remember that
2: myself. <laughs> Harsh Realm.
1: Harsh Realm. Thank you. Uh, I did Harsh Realm, and I did. Oh my God, Harsh Realm was definitely the first one uh i think the other one was a no i have no recollection
0: i didn't look into it either so don't beat yourself up
1: i mean i i constantly say it's Continuum drag which is the name of the podcast not the of the show, so. oh there was a show and there was they were like in a a camp and um they had to eat people like they it's like it was like a soylent green moment is that making am i making that up is that from a dream
0: That might be from a dream. I don't remember that.
1: That was what I remember from it. there was a dog in the episode. I don't know.
0: (laughs) This is ringing no bells for
1: me. (laughs) You guys have done a lot of episodes since then, so it's probably all... You can't keep all that in your head, otherwise you'd go crazy. (laughs)
0: Um, Well, this week we've got you coming on to watch Bionic Woman. Uh, What do you know about Bionic Woman?
1: Well, I would say um, I mentioned it to this to you yesterday very quickly I was all excited I had heard about Bionic Woman I was like yes I want to see this this looks super cool started it did not realize I was watching a remake from 2007 so that (laughs) was the first thing which was like it also clued in that I was like I didn't think that uh, Bionic Woman was a considered a failure so it all clued in when I saw that that we were watching a 2007 shot in Vancouver obviously a sci-fi show
0: Oh, so you're a little let down.
1: A little let down, but also, like, made more sense and it made it more fun to watch in a way.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear what you think of the final two episodes of Bionic Woman. Before we get started, though, guys, as is tradition here on Continuum Drag, we usually have an annual gift exchange between the hosts. Oh, no. (laughs) But... We are recording remotely, so we can't be in the same place, which is very sad. So uh, I've come up with a new way of doing a gift exchange. I've
2: had something commissioned for my co-host Jordan. And you know what the worst is? Every single This is the third year, and every year I haven't had a present. <laughs> <laughs> well, the gift exchange works
0: as it always does, I suppose. I'm going to attempt to share my screen, and we will see if you guys can see what I've had created for Jordan for this <laughs> holiday season. <laughs> is that me? Uh that is a, a portrait of Jordan. Would you want to describe it for us? It's me.
2: Uh I have very luscious lips. Uh better than in real life, I think. And I'm wearing a suit, which I, I do every day, as everyone knows. And I'm I'm riding a rocket to the stars, I assume. No one would assume. Look That's at that.
1: Fantastic.
2: And also I've got really good eyebrows too. I think better than in real life.
1: Are you are you giving a thumbs down though?
2: Of course. That's,
1: that's, that's my favorite
2: part. I didn't even notice I am giving a thumbs down. That is that's probably the most accurate part of it.
0: <laughs> you're riding a rocket into this moon and into the stars and you're like,
1: "Meh, it's
0: okay."
2: Well, that's very lovely.
0: <laughs> this is this is this year's holiday gift. Uh, I will discuss with Jordan whether he wants it on social media or not off the air.
1: <laughs> oh, that has to go on the account. Absolutely. That's very thoughtful.
0: Anyway, that's enough of our uh, holiday gift exchange. Let's move on. Jordan, do you have a game to play with Courtney this week?
2: I do have a game and we'll see how it goes. It's something we've been holding back for a couple weeks and it's a little thing we call Guess the Actor. I'm going to give you the major actors or the whatever billing in this show and I'm going to give you a random role from their career. And you can see if you can match the actor with the role.
1: So just a role, not even a TV show. So even if I knew them a little bit, oh, Yeah, great. a random role. Okay.
2: So the people we're going to have in the show are Michelle Ryan, who is the lead of the show, who plays Jamie Summers. Mm-hmm. We have Isaiah Washington, who plays Antonio Pope. Mm-hmm. We have Katie Sackoff, who plays Sarah Corvis, who unfortunately was not in the two episodes that you saw, Courtney. But she's kind of the big bad guy. We have Miguel Ferrer playing Jonas Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. We have Will Yun Lee playing Jake Kim and uh, two more cast, Molly Price playing Ruth Treadwell and Lucy Hale playing Becca Summers. Those are our actors. I didn't pick that weird pervert tech guy cuz I just didn't want to. <laughs> uh,
1: Molly is who? Remind me.
2: Ruth Treadwell. She's the one with the like hip haircut. She's She's the,
1: she's, she's the psychologist, the one the lead for motives
2: guys yeah i don't know what that huge is huge canadian
1: tv show it's like multiple seasons anyway <laughs> Oops. i never Oops. saw it really so okay. oopsie anyway, that's what she's from
2: don't worry that's not the role i chose for her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. well, i wouldn't know her character name either but it's fine okay.
2: okay so first actor this person played merrick in the 2012's total recall remake
1: uh no idea so i'm gonna go with katie I don't know who. Uh, no. It's no, is it a guy? That a guy? The character's name oh, okay. is Merrick. I don't know. That's not a real name. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say Will.
2: <laughs> okay. Right. And Luke, what do you think?
0: Oh, I'm just letting Courtney play this one. Okay.
2: Second one. We have this person played the character of Merrill in the movie <laughs> Kiss Me, Guido.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the girl that plays Becca Summers.
2: Okay, Lucy Hale.
1: Lucy Hale. Okay.
2: This person played Sherry in Scream Four, everyone's favorite of the Scream movies. I just rewatched that. Did you?
1: I'm gonna say uh, it was uh, Michelle.
2: Rule four: This person played Kelly in the movie Four, Three, Two, One. And just so you know, that movie is just the numbers Four, Three, Two, One.
1: Amazing. Um, who was the Meg person? I wrote Meg down. Meg. She was the fourth person you mentioned.
2: Uh, I, I Meg. I could be wrong. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Sorry. It was between Katie and Will.
0: Okay. No, no. She's saying that was where the person
2: was listed.
1: Yeah. It was Michelle, Isaiah Washington. Oh,
2: sorry. Miguel Ferrer. Oh, it's Miguel. That's why. (laughs) And that's who you think?
1: No, I'm going to go with Molly. Molly. Okay. Sorry. All right. (laughs) My note-taking skills are bad here. Sorry.
2: This person played Bernard Benny Greer in Trois Three: The Escort. By the way, I'm pretty sure that's an erotic thriller.
1: Oh, well, I definitely want it to be Isaiah Washington then. So I'm going to say five.
2: Okay. This person played Suzanne in oh, A Shit. Deadly Obsession.
1: Uh, then that will be Katie.
2: Okay. Katie, off, uh, evil bionic woman. Yeah. Ah. And finally, this person played Dexter Moyers in the 1996 TV movie, which f- came after the TV show in Project Alf. <laughs> And it is—it's a TV movie based on the TV show Elf. Uh,
1: amazing. Well, I am definitely going to put uh, Miguel Ferrer, which would be a—I
2: think that's a good bet.
1: A sad uh, thing because that guy is amazing.
2: You scored out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, four five, six, seven. Four out of seven.
1: Well, that's pretty good, considering that's I can barely keep track of what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it was Will Yun Lee in uh, playing Merrick in the Total Recall movie. It was actually Molly Price who was in uh, playing Merrill in Kiss Me, Guido. Everyone loves that movie. Which one's Molly Price again? <laughs> She's Ruth Treadwell. Ah, uh,
1: I'm almost positive it's this person.
2: Um, uh, keep Lucy going. Lucy Hale was the person who played Sherry in Scream Four. Michelle Ryan played Kelly in Four, Three, Two, One. Isaiah Washington was in Trois Three, The Escort, which we should watch, Luke. And <laughs> Katie Sackoff was in A Deadly Obsession. And yes, correct. Miguel Ferrer played Dexter Moyers in the TV movie Project Alf. Wow! pretty close then pretty close So pretty good Courtney
1: thank you thank you guys uh, you know what I'm completely wrong and that is not what that actress is from I feel very awful <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well take it back then it's not I, from Motive
1: it's not from Motive uh, also, she's not from
2: that she's from Kiss Me Guido
1: Kiss Me Guido and a ton of other stuff which I definitely have seen her in which is probably why I got confused
2: <laughs> alright well Jordan
0: that was as good as ever I suppose <laughs> It was clean. All right. right. Shall we get into this week's episodes? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Here's the IMDb summary for episode seven, Trust Issues. As Jamie and Antonio work together to protect an African leader from an assassin, Jamie begins to suspect that Antonio may have more than just a passing interest in the case. And that was courtesy of (laughs) JGP3553.
2: What a terrible name. It was JGP? JGP. Jgp
1: yep
2: gotta have a name yeah <laughs> I guess I guess
0: uh well this episode opens up with uh Jamie she's on one of her classic uh follow a guy around missions and uh this time though she's gonna get a call from her new
2: boyfriend CIA agent Tom what do you think of this uh boyfriend uh Courtney do you think he's a real hunk
1: I I thought he was a lot of a piece of work to be honest uh I did like <laughs> however that he had uh his name Tom Hastings right yes yeah Very similar to uh, a Bell TV exec, which I thought was funny. Uh, (laughs) That's not funny to anybody. (laughs) I also thought it was weird that she left her little sister with this random person. I know they're dating, but still, it's like, (laughs) I wouldn't have done that.
0: I agree. Not a fan of Tom.
1: You know, I think she can do better.
0: Anyway, uh, this phone call she's on during this mission with her boyfriend distracts her from the case at hand and she loses track of the briefcase she's supposed to be
1: following. Classic Summers, right?
0: Yeah, it is classic her. She sucks. It was pretty much par for the uh, show for Jamie Summers to mess up an operation right at the beginning of an operation.
1: Well, here's a question for you guys. Again, not watching the previous episodes, like how what's the timeline here like she gets into some sort of car accident they turn her into a monster and then they train her and expect her to be amazing like how much time has happened like she shouldn't be very good at her job yet
0: i mean i agree with you courtney it's unclear how much time but i feel like two months maximum really i i do feel like they haven't given her any training whatsoever they just keep putting her on jobs with no training
1: and what was what was she's an athlete i think i read
2: no she's a bartender
1: Oh okay, so she's just a regular bartender gets into a car accident and they choose her to put in this technology.
2: She had
0: another boyfriend who was in the car with her who ran this organization who uh, they killed. Uh, so he chose to put Bionic things so she wouldn't die uh,
1: uh,
0: and then they killed
2: him.
1: Wow, okay. well that is
2: complicated.
1: It's fine. Not. We don't need to get into it, but
2: I think to your original point, you're right. It doesn't really make sense even in this world. As to why they're putting her into these situations. Like, because it's something, a, a complaint, it's a, I'll, I'll make a larger point, but they never put her into situations where her bionics really would help. You could just put anybody in these situations, but they're just putting her in because she's the star of the show, but it doesn't really warrant her jumping or anything other than she sucks and she makes a mistake and then she's like, I guess I better run after this guy now because I lost him because I suck because no one trained me.
1: And, in terms of her bionics and then we can move on to like the actual episode but it was just a question i had so she has supersonic speed which we can talk about the running effects because it looks like she's just running like a regular person (laughs) which drove me crazy uh and like pinpoint people with her eye but like did she like Does she heal fast would she get shot and die like like i don't like that's what i'm like like that in terms of if she's invincible, then sure, put her into those situations without training. But I had a feeling that she would get killed if she got shot.
0: She is not invincible, but she does have some healing ability. So you're right. I think
2: if she was shot, she would die.
1: But she can jump off a building and not get hurt from the impact.
2: Yeah, because her legs are robot legs. she got robot legs. She's got one robot arm, and she's got a robot ear and a robot eye. That's oh, it. right.
1: The hearing. That's right. Uh, I wanted to see more bionic stuff. It felt like a soap opera with a few little bits of light sci-fi.
0: I will say, and I've noticed this. We'll get back to the plot in a few minutes here, I'm sure. But in the very first episode, the pilot episode, they had all of these special effect shots where they like the camera pushed inside of her legs, and you saw her muscles tightening and like bionic legs moving, and, like all kinds of things where they like really showed the interior of her body working with bionics. That I don't know if they couldn't afford it past the pilot occasionally they'll show the inside of her ear still, but otherwise they completely stopped doing that, like, bionic effect of what's happening inside of her body.
2: Yeah, they just decided that we get it. She's bionic. I'm going to make a point, though, that it actually looks worse when she walks normally than when she just runs. There's something about the way this actress walks, and every time, uh, whereas watching with Lauren, we're laughing because we always start uh, singing, uh, like, Saturday Night Fever because that's what it looks like. She's walking down the, like, she's John Travolta. It's funny every time.
1: I would say, too, like, they're... So one superpower that was not mentioned probably is that there's a scene in this episode I'm pretty sure, uh, and she's running in these heels, like these boots with like heels, and I'm just like, that's the superpower, like that no one can run that fast in those those things.
0: I don't think we've ever mentioned this, Jordan. She is never not in heels on any mission. She's I know. in heels in every mission. It's like they're
1: really overcompensating the sexy in this, and it's like not working.
2: I only really noticed in I think it's the this episode where she runs upstairs and I noticed that the actress had to struggle running upstairs with heels on. I'm like, oh guys, just just give her a pair of sneakers.
1: Yeah, like or just flat boots. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's a lot of options, but um, very it felt that that was one of the things that made it felt very like 19 or like 2007.
0: You're yeah, you're you're right on the money. Yeah. Well, we'll go, we'll go back to the episode for now. We can come back to more questions as we go. Um, you've picked out, amazingly, all of the problems with this show in the first two seconds of it. <laughs> but, yeah, she loses the briefcase. She uses her bionic eye. She spots it. And then, you know, she just chases down a car, jumps on the hood of the car, causing a massive car accident. And then doesn't arrest. Like, she doesn't take the man into custody. She just takes the briefcase away. And they're like, mission accomplished, I guess. You've made a huge scene. <laughs>
1: Well, they comment on it. They were like, you probably should have not been on the phone and you would have just been able to do it a little bit more uh, undercover. But they also didn't seem to care too much.
0: (laughs) It's fine. But this briefcase contains the plot of this week's episode. Inside are some fancy U.S. military sniper bullets that can shoot up to 2.5 miles. That's 1.5 miles further than
2: normal. (laughs) Now, Now, the thing was... They kept showing the bullets, though. The bullets aren't don't really matter, do they? Isn't it more the the actual propulsion of the mechanism of the gun?
0: I thought the same thing, but they made they kept going back to the point. It's like had not, like it's the bullets. They have uranium in them, and I'm just like I don't understand because the bad guys don't have a special gun. They just have the special bullet.
2: <laughs> That's what I mean. And Luke, wasn't this a plot from um, Almost Human? Wasn't this the same thing? The special rifle that could do all this amazing stuff.
0: I thought they were going to go that same direction. too. In Almost Human, there were remote-controlled bullets that you could basically fly anywhere and would hone in on a target. And I thought this is where this was going, but it's not. It's just, like, a bullet that can shoot in a straight line a little bit further.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that these are episodic, like, one episode at a time. Like, there's not a lot of cross-story. And I had no idea what was happening for most of it like in terms of like the actual case like who this guy was why we cared about him like it really didn't make any sense to me and then like they added all this like tech stuff about the bullet and i'm like it was only the only reason i think that they put so much emphasis on the bullet is because that's how this guy isaiah's character is able to catch it
2: but you raise an interesting point though i I think your feeling is something that wouldn't have changed even if you'd watched all the episodes because there's not like a real big bad guy in this except for yeah. uh the sarah corvis character who's sort of the serialized character we don't see in these two episodes but every episode it's sort of like a bad guy of the week and they don't really give a lot of time to explain who these bad guys are or why they're doing what they do or why it's important that they stop it it's sort of like the context so we can have jamie have some sort of learn something about herself but not really learn anything
1: if you had to describe this organization that she works for, I mean, they—Wolf they, Creek. They—is that what they're called Wolf Creek? Mm-hmm. Wolf Creek
0: um, or the Burkett Group.
1: Okay, so two names, so that's nice and confusing. Um, it looked like they were in the twenty-four set a little bit. <laughs> yeah, reminded <laughs> yeah. me all that concrete, so that was cool. Um, but what do they do? Like, they—they work sort of with the CIA. So that, which is funny, because isn't the CIA? People not in the states, like wouldn't they be like in Russia right. and You're different saying, places? They're
0: they're over, they're they external country dealings, yeah. and the FBI deals with internal. You're you yeah. are correct. um Wolf Creek is a private corporate organization. Private, okay. That I think at some point said they are around to take on really tough bad guys that no one else can, and the CIA hates them.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: But that's it. There's there's not much
1: more development over that, that. But that's interesting. Like that, it's a private organization because then they don't have to follow the rules of the law so they can yeah. put women in these weird scenarios
2: she's like i have to wear these heels they're like absolutely sorry you got yeah, it they're, they're you want to make your legs look longer or not
1: yeah, they're probably attached to her metal legs that's probably <laughs> that's probably the only way that they could actually you could actually run at them. they'd have to be part of the leg
2: if i got those bionic legs i would have asked for those you know like, like uh, deer legs that go backwards that bend backwards i would have got that that's really fast
1: That might
2: draw some attention to her, though.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Um, I guess that more or less explains what the Wolf Creek does. Uh, We're still not entirely clear on it either. Who's paying for it? Why are they doing these things? Who knows? Uh, They just seem to be a weapons manufacturer sometimes. But back to this plot where they're like, these are U.S. military bullets that are super special. And they were stolen from the military and... The ones in this briefcase aren't all of them. There's still some more out there. And this was the most confusing part because they throw this all out there in like 30 seconds and I couldn't follow the logic of it. But what they say is the bullets went missing in a fictional African country called Amara and they don't have them all back. And because the bullets have now reappeared in America, that means that. Someone is trying to assassinate the president of Amara, but he must be coming to America, or why would they have shipped the bullets here? I couldn't couldn't track the logic of this in any
2: way, shape, or form.
1: Good. I'm glad it wasn't just me, because I was like, what? I literally wrote, what is happening, like six times on here? Yeah,
2: they had a bunch of ideas that don't exactly go together, and I think the hope is that the show just goes by so fast, and the Mm -hmm. scenes are at such a clip that you don't really stop and think about it. But when we're watching it for something like this and we're trying to figure things out, it doesn't hold together at all Mm -hmm. because you're right, Luke. It's like just because there's bullets in a country doesn't mean that it's necessarily for an assassination. And if those bullets weren't there, I'm sure you could still assassinate the guy if you really had to. It just doesn't really make sense. But it's just to get the plot going and to give uh, the Antonio Pope character some scenes.
0: Yes. And so coming to America right now is the dictator of this country. He's genocidal. He's a bad guy. But if Wolf Creek doesn't stop him from getting assassinated, the Taliban will get a foothold in Africa and that can't happen. Yeah, again, it's their attempts to be both topical uh, and like dark just do not work at all. No,
1: I liked that hotel room and that harp. It's like, I would stay there if I was a, if I was a dictator, that's the hotel room. There was, there was a harp stand. in the background? Oh my God. Did you, you didn't see that? Are you joking? Cause it was like this
2: massive. Oh, I barely pay oh, attention was, anymore.
1: Well, it was, um, it was beautiful.
2: In that scene, we're
0: not going to talk about that scene too much, but they like scope out that hotel room to like make sure it's safe. And they are looking off the balcony for possible sniper positions. And they literally zoom in on a rooftop in the show. And they're like, there's a good one. And they zoom in on the Canadian flag. And I was just like, oh, what man. are you guys doing?
1: Um, I would say um, one of the, speaking of zooming in, I hated the cinematography. That shaky camera sh- bullshit. Yeah, it's was bad. Infuriating. Like it didn't make any sense. It's like either be handheld or don't be handheld. But it was like it was like it felt like it was done in post. It was that bad. It was like,
2: <laughs> they just added a little shake later. It's yeah. a it's a real time stamp from the show.
1: Yeah, it, it is true. That felt very. It, made, it really dated it.
0: So they are. Cast with protecting this dictator but there's a little uh, twist on that because jamie's handler antonio pope he's not a big fan of that dictator <laughs> because he did a mission in amara for some reason at some point and saw the genocide and now he's like i don't like this guy
1: yeah uh, understandably
0: but this is mostly there to provide sort of like a weird question around
2: his loyalty i suppose But the funny thing about this, and and Courtney, you probably wouldn't know this because you haven't seen the previous episodes, but the supporting cast in this don't get a lot of screen time. It's it's all Jamie all the time because she's always has her mission plot line. And then she usually has her plot line with her sister, which every episode is her sister going, how come you're not telling me things? She's like, I can't. That happens every episode. So what you get is maybe a C-plot or a few scenes of the characters having something else happening. And so Pope's had a few scenes where he like he's in a room and he's like, I don't know if we should put Jamie in there. And that's all he does. So this whole idea of how the viewers feel about him possibly betraying his oaths or whatever it is. It's like, I don't think it lands because we don't know anything about him other than he's a grumpy guy who's shown up in three scenes in the last seven episodes. Well,
1: that's interesting because, like, again, like, I, I saw I, I saw his name in the credits and that he was a special guest, so I wasn't sure if he was, like, new to this. Like, if he just had popped into one episode previous to this.
0: He was brought in to replace, in the pilot, she had a boyfriend. Right, you were saying. Who they killed sort of off-screen because they clearly did a rewrite between the pilot and the second episode, and he was brought in the second episode seemingly as a replacement
1: for him and can you remind me for the timeline of this show Isaiah Washington was off of Grey's Anatomy by this point or hadn't been on Grey's Anatomy by this point
0: I would bet off of Grey's Anatomy
1: yeah it's really funny to see him because we just okay sidebar we'll get back very quickly but we've been watching the flight attendant and TJ Knight or whatever that character's name is who left the show because of Isaiah Washington. I was talking about that like the night before and then we watched him, I haven't seen this guy in forever.
0: Yes, Isaiah Washington, noted homophobe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that right? I didn't yeah, know. Oh, anything yeah, about this.
1: yeah. He's a total dick. He
0: mm-hmm. was he this is this is the backstory for him. He was removed from Grey's Anatomy for his homophobia to T R night. Um and but yeah, you know, yeah. we gave it five years, now he's allowed back on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Yep.
1: Oh so, like, he was, like, the hot doctor. Everyone loved him. And then it was, like, this came out. It was a huge scandal. And, yeah, mm. it was funny because I was like, oh, is he this before or after? Anyway.
0: I would bet afterward uh, would mm-hmm. be my bet. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll get back a little to the plot here. Uh, other than this protection duty she's on, as we mentioned, uh, she's having Tom, her boyfriend, come over for dinner to meet her sister, Becca. And this was a nothing plot like she immediately has to leave because she gets a call from uh, wolf creek to go do the rest of the mission but the one thing i liked about this dinner sequence is you know because they're perpetually lying to little sister becca they have to have cover stories oh, yes, this is um, great. and his cover story is he is an executive at a calculator factory who met jamie when he was buying a timeshare from her
1: <laughs> That made me laugh out loud because that was a big question that I had. I was like, oh, uh, do they know what, it, what? who knows what? You can't think of a better cover story like about a calculator factory exec.
2: Like Again, that's a running problem with this show is that people go into these covert missions without having apparently ever read a brief. So they have to come up with things on the spot. And what they come up with is like if I was a spy, I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, uh, I'm a peanut butter salesman. They're like, that's not a thing. I'd be like, oh, whoops, I'm a
0: spy. It is funny because like we've established they haven't trained Jamie but Tom is a trained CIA agent and even in this scene when she's just like the little sister asks him like where did you buy a timeshare they both say different answers I'm like what the fuck is happening.
2: (laughs) Can I mention something real quick, though, that's not important to this at all? But in this scene where they're preparing dinner for, because uh, Tom's coming over, and for some reason, Becca, the sister, is very nervous. Did you see what she was doing while she was preparing food? She had a raw egg that she tried grating, and she, went, and she went to grate the egg. And I was like, okay, here's the thing. No one ever has tried grating a raw egg. It's like, that's how nervous she is. That's what they were trying to get across. I'm like, she actually might have a learning disability.
1: Yeah, it's true, actually. Because it's like, if you're going to make carbonara, like, you must understand a little bit. Like, you don't, like, you would just have pasta sauce if you didn't want to do that. But yeah, I did see that. And I just thought I, I didn't register it properly. But I'm, I'm glad you saw that, because that was
2: funny. Yeah. That That was my favorite thing. That was the best part of this episode, by the way. So that's uh, it's all downhill from there. All right. Dinner's
0: cut short. Jamie gets a call from Pope, her handler, being like, hey, the dictator from that country, he's coming to town early. We got to get to the airport right now to make sure the assassin doesn't kill him. And while Jamie's racing to the airport, she gets another call from her boss at Wolf Creek, Jonas, because... He and that creepy lab tech have used some high-tech air traffic control technology. They really make a big deal of it, but I don't know why. That the dictator is arriving early. And the whole point of this is because Pope somehow knows before Wolf Creek, the dictators come early. So Jonas calls Jamie to tell her it's like get to the airport. She's like, I'm already on my way. Pope told me. And Jonas says, that's impossible. I only just found out. To which Jamie answers, whatever, and just hangs up the phone. (laughs) Yeah. There's no curiosity in the show. They literally have now exposed Pope as clearly having foreknowledge. Nobody follows up on that. Jamie doesn't care. She literally says whatever and hangs up. But Jonas asks no further questions even after this scene.
2: He's got a lot of paperwork to get to. (laughs)
0: Anyway, Jamie arrives at the airport. It's a big race across the airport to save Pope because the assassin's up in like some, I don't know, crow's nest somewhere about to take the shot. Jamie, of course, uses her bionic hearing to hear the bullet being loaded into the barrel of the gun, which this is a side note. But is there a bionic power she's used more on this show than bionic hearing? I feel like that is what she uses 90 percent of the time.
2: Well, and this is at least our third or fourth example where what she is honed in on is someone, what would you call it, like, clicking the gun, essentially.
0: It is the only—like, it feels like they should have just given her ears because that is what she uses 90% of the time.
2: Yeah. She does do a lot of really bad wire jumping.
0: That's true. Anyway, they stop the assassination attempt. Her and uh, old Pope start looking for clues where the sniper was, and uh, Jamie finds a tiny piece of rubber that (laughs) they'll—she'll be like, maybe this tiny piece of rubber is a clue— um, but what we realize is Pope has found a full bullet that he's hiding from her because he's going to take that bullet. And we see a scene where he goes home and disassembles the bullet. But I don't know why.
1: It's because he said that he had a feeling he knew who the assassin was. He had, and people that are um, assassins will often fill their own bullet and there's like a signature that he knew
0: was his ex. Oh, that's what he was doing.
1: I mean, that's a leak, but uh, that's what that's what they were saying. And I think I have heard something about that. Like there was a signature, certain guns, and I'm trying to like go back to all my CSI life.
0: I assumed he was already in contact with her because how else would he know that the president was arriving early? But you're right. So so he's taking apart the bullet to try to figure out if it was her who was the assassin, who they reveal at the end is his, like, ex-girlfriend or something. Um, so that's why he's taking apart the bullet. But aren't these special bullets they stole from the military?
1: <laughs> uh, this show, I don't understand. It. It's true, right? Like, I, unless they were empty bullets and it was the casing that's special. And then they have to be filled to an exact weight that only this one assassin uses, like – Again, it was like a lot of detail that didn't go anywhere. Like, it's like they're overcompensating.
2: But you're both missing the more important part, that when Jamie gives that tiny little piece of rubber to, I just call him Pervert. I don't know what the character's name is. But when she gives it to Pervert, the tech guy, he's able to tell that that rubber is a part of a sneaker and is somehow able to track it that so it has chlor- yeah chlorine on it, and that a particular chlorine from one fountain in the city, which is so astronomically stupid. It's like something in from like a Golden age too. comic. Yeah, it's like so they, stupid. Like they made
1: a point of saying I'm the best because I did this in seven hours, and I'm like fuck off. Like if you guys can do that, you don't need to. You don't like there should be no crime.
2: <laughs> but they should have just said there's rubber and we found dna and there's a person we have on our list and they have their dna that's how we tracked it not that we found chlorine and it's only could be chlorine from this one fountain it's the stupidest thing
0: it keeps getting insane too because once he figures this out from this rubber somehow tracks down the exact apartment building in the city he calls jamie up in the middle of the night to tell her he's like i've tracked down where this rubber is from and he goes on this whole long explanation and then Jamie's like, thanks for telling me. He's like, she's like, I should get over there. And he's like, oh, no, don't worry. I already told Pope and he told me not to wake you. He's going to check it out. And I was like, why did you call Jamie at all then? Like, I just didn't understand. Like, it, like the whole thing. Like, he's a point pervert he's just, like, and he
1: wanted to ask her what she was wearing in bed.
0: I guess that's it. I guess that's it. I just, this show makes like everything they say counter, like it like is the opposite of what they've just said sometimes. And she rushes over because she's suspicious of Pope why is he over there by himself? She uses her bionic hearing once more to hear him talking to the assassin, telling her that they're on to her or whatever. I don't know. So now she's just like, uh-oh, Pope's compromised.
2: So they set up a sting.
0: Well, I should want to make one side note too because there's like, after she catches him, she goes, talks, like there's this weird scene where she's like, pretend she doesn't hasn't heard anything. And they're like, well, let's go find the assassin's apartment. And they just know in this apartment building of like, which what, one it is 500 units. They just walk into the right one. This show makes no sense.
1: Also I mean, I don't know how else you would show this, but that was such a classic Play like evil plan board. I don't know what else to call it but like, you know, with like the, the rope and the pictures yeah. and it's just like so like Overdone like I'd love to well, see just hacking, act- right? actual criminals ever use this I get like People that are planning, like, are trying to solve a crime, but, like, the actual mastermind having time in a small amount of time that they're in the country to get cork boards, bring them with them, put them in the room, have yarn. Like, it's just fucking crazy.
2: You mean if you're going to shoot someone in the head, that's your only job? You don't need to take newspaper paper clippings of the person and put them all over your walls?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's do- just Don't nuts. you know
0: what the dictator you're trying to assassinate looks like? It's the only person you're trying to assassinate. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, absolutely.
0: Anyway, she goes back to Wolf Creek and warns Jonas that maybe Pope is compromised. And then they're like, well, tomorrow the dictator's going to be at a big horse race because he trained a horse to be in a horse race. Um, <laughs> we'll tell Pope he's sitting in different seats than he's really sitting in. And then we'll get him, I guess. Yeah. That plan um,
1: made the most sense of anything they've done on the show. Like, I didn't get why the (laughs) hell that guy was there. But, yeah, like, that's classic. You just give some false information, but I don't
0: know. It's all – yes, as it's all for naught because they start scouting out the play, the horse track, and then, like, for some reason, Pope is able to interpret Jamie's acting weird, so he pulls a gun on her and asks why – And she explains that, like, I think you're compromised. And he's like, oh, well, if you think I'm compromised, that means you guys gave me fake information. Well, I'm not compromised. I'm just worried that my old girlfriend who I left in this fictional African country is here to assassinate this person. And I'm just trying to stop her differently. But if you told me the wrong information, she doesn't know that information. So they're still going to shoot the dictator. So we've got to still stop her.
2: I don't know. So confusing. Yeah. But also, I mean, the greater problem is they never explain why Antonio Pope doesn't just tell the organization that he knows the assassin. It doesn't change anything. What does it matter? I think he's worried they'll kill her maybe? Yeah, okay.
0: He can. He loves her still. It's a whole there's a whole subplot here about has Antonio Pope ever been in love before?
2: Oh yeah, Jamie's really she's very concerned yeah. that he hasn't been in love before.
0: Anyway, once more jamie hears a assassin's bullet going into a gun barrel she uses her bionic powers to leap up to the box seats the dictators in and save him from a bullet meanwhile like pope's racing over to these industrial grain silos across the street from the racetrack he's trying to find the assassin jamie joins him they find the assassin the assassin tells tells pope Oh, you used to be cool when we were in Africa fighting genocide, but now you've gone corporate and you're lame. (laughs) Pope won't let Jamie stop her. So the assassin shoots and kills this regular character. Antonio Pope is now dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's very funny because he's so desperate to stop her from dying. She does; she doesn't blink and murders him in a second.
1: Well, here's the question: she, she was trying to hit Jamie, though, right? And he jumped in front.
0: Was she? Oh, maybe that's what happened. It was so
2: badly shot; it's hard hard to tell.
0: I mean, the biggest turn here for me is they kill Antonio Pope, and I was just like, "What's happening?" Like, it's not even like they've set him up to be like such a like an important character that we're gonna care he died. But I'm just like. Why even, like, there's so many characters on this show, and, uh, you know, they spend so little time with any of them, it was just so weird to, like,
2: kill a main character. Well, they probably worked with
1: him for the four episodes that he was previously on and went, this guy's a fucking asshole, let's get rid of him.
2: (laughs) I mean, it it could very well be, because, uh, I mean, you both make a good point. He, I think the point is that the audience is supposed to have this emotional reaction, but... I don't know about anyone else, but I had zero mm-hmm. and I think he probably just wasn't working as a character. And to your point, Luke, there's so many characters and there's like, let's just get rid of one of them.
1: He wouldn't be cheap. That's for sure. So they would probably be like, we're hemorrhaging money. Let's get rid of this character.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was a twist, but like not one that really landed necessarily. Um, Before we wrap this episode up, I'm going to just quickly go through. There are two subplots in this episode that get maybe like a scene and a half each uh, plot, a uh, subplot, a, um, the CAA is spying on Jamie and she's mad about it until she finds out that her boyfriend Tom told the CAA that uh, Jamie's his girlfriend now. So they're just doing standard checking and I guess she finds that sweet.
1: I forgot yep. that scene where she took out those people was probably my favorite scene in the whole thing.
0: Yeah, she beats up two CIA agents who are pretending to make out while they spy Because you
1: knew exactly because you're like, otherwise they would never have shown them, right? Like it was such an obvious like, oh, but then she snuck up behind them. So that was funny.
0: I will say my favorite subplot was this subplot that they had this episode where Jamie has to go to therapy every week with Treadwell. This is part of her job, apparently. But Jamie doesn't like going to therapy. She's not into therapy. She doesn't like doing it. So halfway through the episode, Treadwell stops her and says, come over here. I bought a plant for my office, so it's you're more comfortable. And they look at a plant in her office, and they never come back to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I also wrote notes about that, because I thought that was hilarious. And I wasn't sure if this was a thing that happened in every episode, so no? Never mentioned you know, before? No, this is the first
2: time they've ever mentioned she has to do therapy every episode. <laughs> also, I question, Luke, and maybe I missed this, has she always been a therapist? We talked about this. In the first episode, the best thing we could
0: pinpoint in the pilot was that she might be some sort of psychologist. And then as they went on, she suddenly became a field agent. But, you know, as it's gone on, she's kind of come back to being a psychologist. Mm. Like they keep toying with exactly what she is. But I think they have landed on. Remember she remember uh, Heaven Von Fleet? Remember oh, that's her right. Therapy? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. Oh, classic Heaven
0: Von Fleet. Anyway, let's keep going. Let's get on to the next episode. We could talk about this insanity forever. Uh, here's the IMDb summary for episode eight. Do not disturb.
1: My work is the only thing holding me together right now. If I stop and think about everything that has happened to me, I'm going to go crazy. I understand that, but it's not a good strategy, Jamie. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. You're going to take a vacation, and Berkett will pay for it.
2: I don't take handouts.
1: Okay, then you can make a delivery for me. I need to get a briefcase to a man in Montana. You give him the briefcase, you take a week off. Do you like to hike? You sure that's it? It's just a briefcase. Antonio used to say a briefcase is never just a briefcase. Yeah, well... Antonio's dead.
0: Jonas instructs Jamie to deliver a package and then take a vacation to help deal with Antonio's death. However, this vacation is short-lived when the man she delivers the package to dies shortly after the delivery.
2: And that was a courtesy again of JGP3553. Let me just mention something. This won't ruin the episode, but the whole kind of crux of this episode is that Jamie is reacting strongly to the death of Pope. Okay, fair enough. But... It doesn't really make sense in the world that we have. And what I love is at the very end of this episode, again, not ruining anything, they literally have the conversation where she's like, I don't even know why I'm upset about this guy. I barely really know him. And I was, it was just hilarious to me that the writers just called out the major problem of this, which is she shouldn't be reacting. Uh, she, she's had maybe three conversations with this guy in the last seven episodes. Why does she care that he's dead?
1: Well, I think that's a little callous, to be honest. Like, I think that she probably <laughs> not for me. It he was her partner, right? Like,
2: just on that one episode. Mm. No, they went to they went to South America together. Yeah, all right, sure.
1: But like, I mean, yeah, maybe it's not it's not quite the same. Like, I don't know. Did she care that her boyfriend got murdered? Like, how many episodes did all. she talk about <laughs>
2: not that? Not really.
0: It is the thing. It's like basically that's the idea here. Is Jamie's. Maybe got a death wish this episode. She certainly seems uh, upset this episode due to the death of of Antonio. That's what they're trying to do is like set up like she's realizing the stakes of being in this job. Except they've already killed her boyfriend. So like they've done this idea before and she's had no reaction to it. So having her have a reaction so strongly to Pope, who's, you know, only tangentially someone she knows for a brief time. It it just it it, to Jordan's point, I think what you're saying is it just doesn't land at all. No, you don't care. But the episode starts off with the whole Wolf Creek team having an impromptu wake for Antonio Pope at a bar where i think I think two people have things to say about him: one, the creepy text just like he was nice to me sometimes. that's his big takeaway mm-hmm. and uh old Treadwell says she will miss him because she had sex with him one time, and he was very good at sex
1: that amazing amazing. He, amazing he
0: was amazing at sex,
1: yeah, yeah that made me laugh. which
0: made me just think she's not very good at it. <laughs>
1: Why? It's because it's like, I had
0: sex with him one time, and he was good
2: at it. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, what a weird thing to say. It's really developed her character, I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: they uh, yeah, they have a lot of stuff that is just, like, very sexist in the show. It's really gross. Yeah,
0: I mean, for a show that's trying very hard to be a feminist show,
2: it's very bad at it. Yeah. Just mentioning that, the next scene, she, uh, she's chasing a guy, again, some guy... She's with on like another a following
0: a person mission.
2: And at the end she beats the guy up. And I was like, was she not supposed to beat him up? It wasn't clear. Yeah. And then uh pervert guy's like She's totally PMS.
1: I wrote that down too. It's like fucking so annoying. I was like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like uh.
2: Yeah, it was so
0: bad. I mean, and this the whole scene is just a show that like maybe she's a de- like she she's supposed to follow him, but she just does exactly what she did the last episode is just like jump in front of his motorcycle that he's driving, yeah. and then she's he starts getting shot at, blah bitty, blah blah. Uh, the big takeaway for me from this scene is she's following around this man who they call, quote, honky with dreads. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> I did not
0: catch that. Um, but, yes, it is to show that she has some sort of death wish now. We we cut now to her apartment. She's getting home from work. And uh, as she walks in the door, her sister, Becca, is watching music videos on the TV. Do you guys know what band was the uh, music video that was for?
2: Oh, I did. I wrote – what was it? It was – oh, Your I wrote – I can't remember. I can't find the note. Who was it? Jordan's favorite band, My Chemical
0: Romance. Oh, it was My Chemical oh, I, Romance. To yeah, yeah. I
1: totally thought that it was like a made-up music video. I was like, that's a lot of work to put into this scene that we're never going back to.
0: But in the background, uh, it's not just Becko's at home. Her boss from Wolf Creek, Jonas, is there,
1: and he's doing the dishes. Yeah. 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 Well, that makes sense, right? Again, I was like, how familiar are these two? And then immediately she's like, this is my private space.
0: Um. Yes, he, he's shown up, though, because he's worried that Jamie is depressed over the death of the uh, old Antonio Pope, and uh, he's there to offer her a vacation. She'll, he'll send her on a nice vacation,
2: mm-hmm. but she
0: doesn't want any handouts.
2: Yeah, so he's like, I, okay, here's the deal. You can go on a vacation, but all I need you to do is drop off this briefcase to a guy so you're on a mission, but it's an easy mission, and then after that, you can take some time for to, uh, I don't know, go to a spa or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So... She's going to take a briefcase to
0: Montana, but unfortunately, this mission also reminds her of Antonio Pope, because as she says to Jonas, Antonio always used to say, a briefcase is never just
2: a briefcase.
1: He's a smart man.
2: Did he ever say that, though? Also, what, what does that mean? Is that supposed to be some sort of like a cigars, well. never a cigar sort of thing? I don't get it. <laughs> I th- it didn't make any sense. I don't know, whatever. It just basically gets Jamie and
0: Becca off to Montana to have a little like vacation at a four-star restaurant. Um, it continues that perpetual runner of this show that you already mentioned, Jordan. Becca is suspicious that Jamie is lying to her. Jamie is always lying to her. And once more, they will not resolve this issue, but just make up at the end of the episode without ever solving
2: the perpetual running suspicion plot. <laughs> And let me just stop real quick. The weird thing about this is I always got the sense they really like the secret identity sort of thing, like the Superman Clark Kent, kind of like classic, is Lois going to catch on or not, and how does he get around it? But they never really lean into it very well. They just repeat the same beat over and over and over, which is like, I feel like you're lying to me. And she's like, I'm not. Okay, resolve. I feel like you're lying to me. I'm not. Okay, resolve. And they do it over and over, but they never find a fun situation to develop this ever at all no it's always the same conversation i
1: have two questions around this one do they establish why her sister is living with
0: her like are their parents dead her mom is dead and her dad is still alive but
2: they don't like him okay but that's all we know we never learn a reason why
1: okay and then my second question um might be a spoiler i don't know but um did they know? I, I'm getting the feeling they did not know they were going to be canceled
0: after eight episodes. Yeah. I, I mean, we, I was going to bring this up at the end, but I'll tell you right now how it happened. Is There's a writer strike in 2007. I remember. And yes. this show basically stops production because of the writer's strike. And then once the writer's strike ends, it just never starts production again.
1: Next, the actress is awful.
2: <laughs> she's not good. <laughs> she's, she's, the the worst, wrong. she's
1: the worst part of the show. There's some yeah. very good support actors hers, an, And she's not in anything, hardly. I looked her up. She's, like, not well, what, in what her
2: performance that. reminds me of is I think she had the same issue that uh, Kevin Costner did in Robin Hood because it was the whole notorious thing that he was so bad in Robin Hood because he spent all his time trying to get the English accent right. I don't know how true that is, but I feel the same thing as this. I think she spent so much time trying to get the American accent right. Is she right, a British she, actress? Yeah, she's British. Oh, well, that she she's forgot much better than I
1: thought then. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't know that
2: the American accent is pretty good, but everything else is bad. Yeah. And again, the best thing of the show is just to watch her walk. It's hilarious. Oh,
1: no. Yeah. So that was the thing. Like, I mean, I thought it, I didn't realize it was it was the strike. So that's a little bit better. But um, maybe they were going to get to all that. Maybe that was the hope. But
0: I personally think the strike saved us all from much worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. We, we would have been watching uh, 16 episodes of this.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i couldn't be more grateful for the strike to end this in eight episodes all right okay cool
1: um
0: but yeah they're on the way to montana um they take a quick rest stop at a at a you know highway side bathroom where jamie does a does that drop to get rid of the briefcase that she before her vacation so she meets some sketchy dude in his car and uh, in order for him her to pass off the briefcase the sketchy dude has to exchange the secret passcode Jordan, what was the secret
2: passcode to uh, hand off the briefcase? Oh, jeez. I don't even remember. What was it? You Courtney, do
1: I, I mean, I remember it happening. It was like a 45-minute soliloquy about oh, a
2: historical was the, thing. Oh, it was the A-team
1: thing? Oh, A-team. That's right. A-team. That's right.
0: I'm surprised, Jordan. I thought that was really going to stand out to you, that the passcode to hand off the briefcase was the intro to the
2: A-team, the entire, like, credit sequence. But I was just irritated. I was like, why is he doing this? It's the stupidest thing ever. It's just, it's one of those things where, again, I think someone thought it was really funny, but it's not funny. Like, honestly, besides me, who remembers the A-team? Nobody. And
1: also, like, do 15 seconds of it. Like, it was way too long. Like,
2: that's like a page
0: of dialogue. Um, But yes, she hands off the briefcase immediately and, like, In theory, that plot line ends when she can go on this vacation. I'm going to note one small thing, just because we talked about it last episode. This question of the consistency of the show. This sketchy dude, who she's handing a briefcase off to in the middle of nowhere, knows she has x-ray eyes. He knows she is bionic. I I thought that was a secret.
1: Well, he works for the organization, so people in the organization know that she has bionic. Bionic, right? Because all the people on the so. team know.
2: I don't think he does work for Wolf, Wolf Creek, though.
0: He seemed like an independent contractor. I don't know. Anyway. I was just like, what's
2: true in this show anymore? Um, but Luke, you you missed the one important point. The the reason we know that he has uh, bionic, uh, she has a bionic eyes is they imply that he really wants her to look at his penis. Yeah, one
1: hundred percent. It was so. Really? Cool. Is that what that meant? Oh yeah. It's oh like yeah. Yeah, he's daily. he's like so
2: so you you can see through things, huh? And then he keeps looking at his crotch, and she's just like, uh, enough of that. I missed that entirely. Yeah.
1: Like the whole see through thing, right? Like it's like. At what point? Like, you can see bones? If you can just see bones, then that's not interesting. Like, you know, who cares? Like, it's like, like, at what level? Like, did she get to go, like, different levels of scanning?
0: In reality, she does not have x-ray vision, I don't think. I think that was just a gag they were playing. She just has, like, good eyesight.
1: Well, she has seen stuff through, oh, I guess maybe windows.
2: But To be fair, it's not entirely clear okay. after eight episodes the extent to her powers okay. because all they ever really show her eyeball doing is sort of tracking Yeah, and then uh, another point her a level of strength is so varied on this show where sometimes she can like just have a normal fist fight and other times she just pushes someone and they'll fly like 30 feet and sometimes she can jump like 10 feet and in the last episode for the assassin episode she must have jump jump like 60 feet at some point like it's just not i know that's a stupid nitpick but The whole powers are entirely inconsistent.
1: One thing I remember, I think it was in this episode, too, in terms of her eyesight, like the creepy tech back at home base could see what she was seeing. Yes. Have they done that before?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's been consistent. There was a whole episode about like, isn't it creepy that they're spying on me? Um, And she knows how to turn it off now. She just doesn't. Anyway, uh, they get to this hotel room, this four star hotel room. They check in. They spend the first little bit of their vacation uh, watching the hit TV show Heroes, Heroes and yeah. eating room
2: service.
1: I also didn't catch that.
2: Oh, and let me ask both of you. Have you ever got food and then passed it back and forth? Like, I know they're trying to think, like, they're such close sisters. It was so very they go, sweet, like,
1: actually. I liked it. I've but, never But I was it. just like, I've never
2: seen anyone eat that way. I'm going
1: to do that now, though. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. Next time I'm in a hotel room in robes eating desserts because that's something I do.
0: It was just more more sweet character building between the sisters. Yeah. They're doing their mm-hmm. best to try to make those sisters like a, a, a really close relationship to, yeah. you know, increase the betrayal of all the lies. Well,
1: the other lie it probably is like, how are they related with that height difference? But, you know, it's fine. It makes her seem younger because she's so little. Um,
0: but eventually their on-demand TV breaks and they're forced to go down to the lobby to complain. And... Well, that's happening. Becca meets a cute boy in the gift shop. So she's going to have a subplot where she uh, is met a cute boy. And Jamie comes to find out she's missed like a bunch of phone calls that the hotel won't call up to her to her room to tell her because it's against hotel policy. But Jonas has been calling because the sketchy dude she delivered the brace case has gone missing or gone silent, if you will. And it just so happens he's booked into the exact same hotel as her. So would she mind going to check on him? (laughs) Yep. And when she gets up to the room, he has died of a heroin overdose. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So she calls. She's like, what do I do? And he's like, you don't have to take care of it. She's like, I want to take care of it. He's like, don't take care of it. She's like, I want to take care of it. They do that for about 45 minutes. And then she decides to put him into a bathtub with ice. And but there's one weird shot that I thought was going to become important later on. Did you both notice that they did a long extended shot of the guy's shoe? No. No. There's a shot, like, after she's putting him away, there's this shot of, like, the shoe kind of under the bed. And I thought, like, oh, no, she didn't clean him up well. That's going to be a thing. But but it's not. No. It was just a shot of a shoe for some reason.
1: Did you guys notice the roof of that hotel room had, like, stars?
2: Yeah, it was a great hotel room. That nice. heroin
0: junkie picked a great hotel yeah, room. Yeah,
1: it was good. I like that. <laughs> the, the, the location choices have been all right for the show.
0: Um, yes, Jonas, Jonas tells her he'll send some cleaners to take care of the body. But she needs to take that briefcase back to her room and hide it. Um, and, of course, Jamie's very curious as to what this uh, sketchy heroin addict was up to. So she breaks the locks off the briefcase and has a peek inside. And what's inside is this sketchy guy was a hitman tasked by Wolf Creek to kill an American nuclear engineer who is trying to sell nuclear secrets to North Korea.
1: Well, this was easier to follow, this storyline. This made sense. More straightforward.
0: Um so now that Jamie knows what Wolf Creek was up to, she heads back down to breakfast, where Beck is having a, a nice breakfast with that cute boy she met in the gift shop. And the cute boy's dad stops by to have breakfast with them, and it's the nuclear engineer who is going to
2: get killed. Which uh, can you obvious. believe these things all happened?
1: I thought that the the son was maybe in on it because he seemed real sketchy when he was meeting her, but I just realized he was just being nervous.
0: Yeah, they set up that son that son as being like potentially a bad guy. Yeah, they? yeah, they did. So uh, they have breakfast together. The son's like, "Hey, we're all going on a gondola ride. You and your sister should come." So they take a gondola ride with these people, and uh, Jamie's like called this into Wolf Creek, being like, "Hey, I'm hanging out with that guy you were gonna kill." And they're like, "Well, watch out. He's pretending to be an accountant." Hmm. Which okay, but this is all the setup. They go on a gondola ride, and they're just sketchy-looking dudes. From North Korea, they're all white guys. No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't
1: think they. I don't think they were supposed to be from North Korea. I think it's a company that he works for.
0: But they're, yeah, they're they're working with the nuclear guy to sell the secrets, I guess, to North yeah. Korea.
1: Yeah, like they're all in on it.
0: They're all on the gondola, and they're all giving the nuclear scientist dirty looks. And Jamie's just like, "Hey, why are these men staring at you this entire gondola trip?" And the nuclear scientist just says, "Well." Some people don't like my work. I'm like, What is happening? It's like nobody's trying to cover for what they're... It's, oh, I mean, yeah, it's true. I,
2: well, it's a funny thing, Luke, because the whole point of the scene is that Jamie kind of messes up because she mentions to the guy who's going to get assassinated that he's pretending to be an accountant. She's like, oh, well, you're an accountant. He realizes that she knows something because he's never mentioned he's an accountant. That's the point I'm of the scene. And Becca
1: even notices
2: that. Well, like, they all notice, but it doesn't really make sense because they also have those bodyguards, so, like... He could
1: be an accountant for the mob. He's
2: being shifty, too. Like, it's just... It's all weird. It just doesn't really make sense. But the whole point is that now he knows that she knows, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just so that they can have Jamie blow her cover again for some reason. Yeah. Um, and which basically puts her on her next path because she calls Jonas and says, oh, I've been made. And he's like, all right, well, now you have to kill him. And she has booked a spa appointment for three hours at the hotel spa. The longest so three she hours leaves ever. Becca there for three hours.
1: With the lady from, what, with one of the actresses from Working Moms.
0: Another Canadian hit television she show. She
1: literally did not, um, like, it was like a second. I thought she was going to come back. But again, it's like, it's way before she was ever on Working Moms. So, funny to see them pop up. Um,
0: yes. Uh, she leaves Becca at the spa for three hours so she can, like, basically go do this mission. She, uh, Takes out a sniper rifle, but she realizes she can't shoot the nuclear dad. So instead she like breaks into his apartment, I guess beats up all those goons or bodyguards that are with him, kidnaps him, and then puts him on speakerphone with Jonas. So Jonas can say, tell us what you know about North Korea or I'll kill you and your son. And he's just like, okay, take me into custody, I guess. Yeah. And... This is just to get Jonah to come out to Montana to help Jamie, which brings us to the insane subplot of this episode, that creepy incel lab tech goes to visit the bionic woman trainer Jay, and he's got a big black eye, and he tells Jay, my brother JR beat me up, can you teach me how to fight?
2: Yeah, and it just, it's the weirdest subplot.
1: And he lives lives at home.
0: Yeah, he still lives at home with his parents. And does that mean J.R., his brother, also still lives at home with his parents? Yes, I would assume so. And it's crazy, too, because this isn't, like, necessarily played for laughs. Like, I think we're supposed to feel like, I think we're supposed to feel there's some sort of family abuse happening for this in-cell lab tech who we don't like. Like, it's, I don't understand. It's like, we don't like him as a character. What is this scene supposed to do? Is like, are we, is he, is this supposed to endear us, him to us? Because we also want to punch him.
2: Yeah, because literally every scene we've ever seen him in, he either makes a creepy comment about Jamie or makes a creepy comment directly to her. There hasn't been, I don't think, one scene where he hasn't been like,
0: show me a tits. It's so weird. I, and then like Jonas picks him up and's like, like during his training, he's just like, all right, now you're coming to Montana with me to take care of technical stuff. And so he's now it's going to be him and Jonas going to Montana together. And Jordan, I'm just going to mention this. On a show with so many side characters, you'll agree with me that creepy Lac Tech has the most camera time of any of these side characters, right? I would agree. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like they have like so many characters in the show. He is almost like he must have the second most screen time or third most screen time.
2: It seemed like at the beginning of the show that um, I can't remember her name, Treadwell. It seemed like she was going to be the kind of go-to secondary character. Obviously, Jonas would be in every episode, like, you know, uh, giving the mission. But you're right. He, it's become him all the time. And I think it, it, it is a matter of there's too many characters. So they're like, well, we'll get rid of Pope. We'll get rid of this character and th- that character. And now you're just left with the least likable of all the, all the possibilities.
0: It's crazy, this show. Oh, my
2: God. Anyway, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> Jamie then uh, basically
0: takes the dad and son... And uh, a friendly valet whose phone she's borrowed brings their car around and they decide to drive off to safety. They're going to, like, drive off from the hotel and deliver these people to Jonas midway through on their also road trip to Montana. But, like, as they're driving down the highway, her bionic hearing
2: hears
1: that there's a car bomb in the car. Did you guys call it that it wasn't like that there was something wrong with that valet?
2: Well, I, I thought so because they gave too much time to well, it. Like, it was it. just like, yeah. it's like, instead of just having, like, I don't know if it would have worked anyways, mm-hmm. but it, you're, you're not ruining anything. It ends up that he's also in on it. The valet's also an assassin of some sort, but it's like, she makes, she makes the call and George's like, whose phone are you calling with? She's like this guy. And he's like, he seems creepy. Then he starts researching. him. I'm like, all right, well, I guess there'll be more to this later. Well,
1: and it was funny, like that whole, that, that whole sub thing when she calls at one point and she's like. It's like oh you voted for the green party like because just to establish he had this software that he could see whose phone was calling him like Renee it was just... like
0: high tech ID. yeah which was cool i
1: mean I, I didn't mind that i was like i could use that um but um <laughs> yeah i just like when the valley is like when she takes the phone and stuff and he's like my minutes are your minutes it's my favorite line, <laughs> the whole thing so ridiculous so i'm like this guy is definitely involved in some way
0: yeah, he's just another of the many people involved in this very complicated plot to sell nuclear secrets to mm-hmm. North Korea, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Jamie is able to hear that there's a car bomb in the car, so she stops the car, gets the father and son out before it explodes. They then need to steal another car, so she like rips. She's just ripping doors off cars this whole part, section. She's yeah. just so strong. She's ripping doors off cars. They're, like, stealing another car, and they're – it's crazy. They're on this, like, incredible, like, hydro dam set. Like, it's this huge, like, towering dam, and I'm like, oh, they're going to do, like, a James Bond climax on this dam. No. They <laughs> they they just show a dam – and they're like, this is where she steals a car. All right, let's drive away from the dam to another rest stop where we'll have the climax.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's there's a part I really like, though, because you mentioned that she rips the door off the car. And when they arrive at the new chalet or wherever they are, <laughs> the, the back door is still off. Yeah. I'm like, they'd be driving the whole time <laughs> with no back door. She could still have, even if she ripped it off, she could have just put it back so they didn't have to listen to the, the wind the whole well, time. Well, that's
1: why they, at least they put the kid in the middle of both of them, like, so that he didn't fall yeah. out of the car, which I thought was good. <laughs>
0: Um, but at this other rest stop they pull up to I guess this is where they're going to meet Jonas um, some bad guys have followed them there you know classic faceless nameless bad guys for Jamie to beat up she does that they meet Jonas that valet appears out of nowhere he, he like also pulls up the rest stop and's like hey Jamie it's me the valet your friend from the hotel Jonas immediately shoots him dead because he's like that's not the guy who was phone you were well, using or whatever I would
1: like to just point out that in what scenario would it make sense that the valet who is pretending to be the valet would steal the actual valet's cell phone and then give it to her to use? Like I get that he was pretending to be a valet, but there's no scenario in which you would kill somebody and then take their cell phone in case somebody needed to use it to keep your cover going,
0: right? No, it doesn't make any like. Why are there so and why are there so many goons that are like they've infiltrated every level of this hotel just in case? Like we need one guy to be a valet, one guy's a janitor well, over there. No, the reason the Someone's valet. a massage the, artist.
1: I get why they had the valet guy there because he's the guy that put the bomb in the car, and he had access oh, to the car. Oh, right. That makes you are right, Corey. That makes sense, but the whole cell phone business is just an extra layer of garbage. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess it gives um, the boss guy a Little bit more like he's able to make the decision to shoot that guy faster because he saw a different person who was pretending to be the valet. But again, I you,
2: you did have a sentence there that I think really sums up this show, though, in their <laughs> subplots. You just said an extra layer of garbage. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> about right. Uh,
0: anyway, yeah, basically, mission over. They've successfully delivered a uh, nuclear scientist in the sun to Jonas. Jonas drives Jamie back to the hotel so she can continue her vacation. And they have a conversation once more about how Jamie hates lying to her sister. And this is my favorite part. Uh, Jonas turns to her and says, well, you can tell her. Like, I never said you couldn't tell your sister. But, you know, teenagers talk. So they are got a lot of loose lips. So
2: maybe don't tell her, I guess.
1: Which, I mean, is fair.
2: But it's just so weird, too. It's just like, I don't care. Tell anyone you want. I don't care. Also, I still don't know after eight episodes... I get the whole thing about, I'm like a spy now, and she doesn't want her to know that she's a spy. But why she can't know that she has bionic powers, what does it matter?
0: Uh, Well, uh, Jonas basically says, I don't care who you tell, so she could tell her boyfriend. Like, all these people who are in the dark, Jonas just said, like, I don't care who you tell. I'm like, then why are we keeping secrets?
1: Well, she probably is like, I'm a freak, and I don't want people to think I'm a freak.
0: She's a superhuman. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. Back to the hotel. They skip over the rest of the vacation and we cut to a scene where Jamie and Becca drive home together.
1: No, wait, no, wait, wait, before, sorry, I have to stop you because you're missing over one of my second favorite parts of the scene when she's, like, outside waiting for her sister after, like, what seems like longer than three hours.
0: Picking her up at the spa. And
1: her sister's like, oh, you should ask for your, I hope you didn't tip your girl. You look as bad as you did before. Real, real, brutal. Real, brutal sister honesty there.
0: Yeah, it's a big joke where Jamie was supposed to also be at the spa, but her sister's like, you look like shit still. (laughs) Classic, classic
2: bionic woman. Classic teenagers.
0: But uh, anyway, yeah, like it just – the whole show wraps up going back to the classic thread the show does of, like, Jamie wants to tell her sister, but isn't sure she should. She kind of got the go-ahead from Jonas, but Jonas was like, you know, your sister might tell someone. And we're left in this scene where, like, on the drive home, is she going to come clean with her sister – and the answer is no. She just tells her sister, a guy at work died and I feel sad. And her sister's like, that's too bad. Let's have a hug later. And the show, like the entire series basically wraps up with this one, will the, will she, won't she tell her sister she's a bionic woman thread stretched for eight episodes that none of us are excited about. And it just, they were going to keep it going forever, I guess. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's like a classic last episode of this season. She might have had to tell her when her sister also got into a car accident and she wants to save her. And then they have, they're both bionic women.
0: Oh, you think that's where this was headed? They're going to both be bionic women? I
1: fucking hope so. What's the point otherwise? I mean,
2: why not? Make everyone bionic. All bionics all the time.
1: Well, why aren't more people bionic? If This is like working for them.
0: There's a subplot where uh, actually it's killing Jamie terribly.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: they stopped that subplot four episodes ago hasn't come up in ages
1: right okay so that's the that's the rub she can live for now with these skills but eventually it will kill her but Jamie
0: also doesn't seem that upset about that anymore either so whatever we're moving on
1: well I mean she would have been dead so I mean it's all but the series is done
2: they've driven off into the (laughs) sunset it's all over it felt
1: very funny that that was like the last shot of the series that's why I was asking if they knew because while it didn't Wrap up anything, and it didn't feel like an ending. It kind of works, isn't
0: it? I mean, it's the best ending the show is ever going to get. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, you guys. I mean, is there? Uh, I mean, maybe more for Jordan, but Courtney, you might have
2: some too. Any any final notes you want to get to before we wrap this thing up? Well, I would just say there's something of this. Sh- these last two episodes are symptomatic of the entire series, which is when it's at its worst. And not that there's there's too many highlights. it it always really just feels like a collection of big moments, and they're kind of jumping from highlight to highlight, without really ever bothering to build any context or depth to give any of these scenes any meaning. So you just end up with scene after scene. At the end of the episode, you're like, well, that was an episode of television, but I didn't learn anything about the characters. I didn't learn anything about this world. I don't feel anything. I don't care. And it just, it just is a big nothing.
1: Yeah, it should be more exciting than it is. Like, it has moments of you know a, like the set like this stunts and stuff are a little dated and all that but like for a show when you have superpowers basically you want it to be more exciting and ultimately it doesn't matter if you it's just you know it's a classic superhero movies when they're just fighting each other or doing like all this action stuff if you don't care who's behind the mask then you don't give a shit right like it's just um it doesn't have any depth to it i mean it moves quickly like it wasn't an awful time watching these two episodes to be honest but uh yeah like i'll, I'll watch them and you'll ask me that when i come on for my fifth time on the show and i'll be like what show did i watch like, i have no idea
0: <laughs> very good point this will erase from your memory immediately
2: and there's one other thing luke that i i think we mentioned when we watched a show way back when the show gemini man and the point of that show was that He had invisibility and he could control it with a watch that he wore on his wrist. And one of the major issues I remember that show was that he was put into these situations similar to Jamie in this show that didn't really lend themselves to the powers. So that show always had to jam in that he could use his invisibility, but it didn't really usually matter to the plot. And I felt the same problem this show, which is she's got these superpowers, super eye, super ear, but they don't have a plot that really makes sense for having to use it, so they have to jam in these scenes. They're like, well, just to remind the viewers that she's super strong, she rips a door off. Why? No reason. She has to hear a gun. Why? No reason. And it's and instead of going... There's a reason why they would send her on a mission. We need to send her specifically because she can jump or because she can hear. And it doesn't really matter. So it just is like, well, you can just send anyone. What does it matter? If it's, why would you send Jamie? She's actually the worst trained of everyone you have.
1: She'd be great at su- surveillance, but that's not very exciting to watch a person on a stakeout, basically, for eight episodes of television.
2: No, she's got to jump around with high heels. Yeah,
0: exactly. She did a stakeout literally every episode we watched <laughs> Even these two. The first yeah, e- the beginning of both of these episodes were her following people around.
2: Yeah, but not because she's good at them. And it's not like anyone else couldn't have right. done that. She didn't specifically use her powers. She only used her powers when she screwed up.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I just I just meant that it's just like insane that every episode was the boring idea of her following someone around. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. You guys, it's been a very long time since we had a main character on a show die mid series unexpectedly. Jordan, do you know what that means? We haven't done this in a, in a million years.
2: Oh, oh no! We have to. It's that. It's that uh, tech war funeral.
0: It's <gasps> Sid Gomez's
2: four word
0: eulogy. Courtney, you may not know this. I, but, I uh, remember this. We...
1: This is what I used to. I was still a, an every week listener back then when you guys did this.
0: <laughs> not anymore. Oh, sorry, but, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't commute anymore, so I
1: have
0: less time. Um. So what we're gonna do here is Antonio Pope died. We're going to eulogize him in four words as best we can. Um, Obviously, I'm springing this on the two of you, so I'm happy to go first if that's what you prefer. Go for it. I have not prepared anything, so this is going to be very difficult. Boyfriend replacement, no backstory.
2: (laughs) Okay, I got one. Actor's terrible. Who cares?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Um, Can I pass? Pass. It's not funny. Yes, I'm of sorry. Course you pass. I just don't know the character well enough. I'm like, I, I, I think Jordan summed it up pretty well there.
0: You saw the one with the most backstory for him. You know the most about this character. I guess,
1: maybe. Let me think. Um, No, that's too many letters. I don't know. No. Nope. <laughs> so that's had, totally I, fine. I thought I had something, but you know, maybe I'll write it into the website. That's totally
0: fine. Yeah. Write it into the website, please.
1: I'm not looking really <laughs> to call wordsmith. You guys know me well enough to know that.
0: All right, we've dragged this on long enough. Let's do some ratings. Um, Courtney, what would you give the first episode Trust Issues out of 10? Six. Oh my god. (laughs) Jordan, what do you think of that?
2: I think it's very generous. I would give it a 3 to 10. Although I do think these two episodes are some of the, sadly, more coherent episodes than some of them we've seen. But I'm going to give this a 3 to 10 because I hate this show.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to go – I'm just going to go with a two. I think this show has worn me down to a nub. Um, Two seems generous to me, but I'm going to go that way because it's it's competent.
1: I feel like I am definitely rating it higher. If I had watched episodes one to six of this show, I bet you I would have a lower thing, but I was just like – it was watchable. Like I didn't want to turn it off, but it was more out of shock than anything. So. Hey, it's
0: good. I was curious what someone coming in fresh would think. Um, on that note, the final episode, Courtney, do not disturb.
1: I would give that a five if I'm keeping it within the range.
2: I'm going to go back to two. I don't know. I don't know what to give this show anymore. It's a two. I'm also going to give it a bit of two, uh, mostly because we finish on Dave Matthews.
1: One. Oh my God. Thank you. I also thought that was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> I wrote that down too. Um,
0: shall I punch you into the Continued Drag Computer and see what the final score for
2: Bionic yeah. Woman is? This is going to be one of our lowest scores ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: And you watched all eight episodes.
2: We have to. You got to watch all the Bionics. <laughs>
0: All right, you guys, I've punched in the numbers to continue drag computer. Do you want to hear what the final series average
2: was for Bionic Woman?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's take guesses. I'm going to guess 3.2. I'm
1: going to say 3.7. I don't know if anyone did higher than 3, though. So
0: The final rating for uh, Bionic Woman is 2.74. <laughs> <laughs> 2. Ouch. <laughs> that's with
1: my high things that are obviously like you guys probably didn't do more than a 2 or a 3 on any of the episodes.
0: You really helped raise the average for the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think it goes without saying. Uh, I I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. No, it's it's really bad.
1: Have you guys seen the original?
0: Nope. No, I'm I haven't watched it either. I know we have some listeners who have and have been commenting on like listening to the podcast or watching the clips and stuff, mm-hmm. and have been like, like one person uh, I think you'll remember at uh, C Chu Jordan pointed out that even in the moments when she uses her powers. They don't even, like, do a nod toward the original. Like, there's no slow
2: motion. They don't do that, like, na
0: sound effect. sound effect. Yeah, It's crazy. There's, like, they really don't seem to have much love for the original.
2: Although I'm going to mention something. I think, and there's no evidence of this at all. I haven't seen anything or read anything that would confirm my feeling. But I think the writers and the producers thought that if this show kept going, the person who would play the dad was the original $6 million man. I think that's what they were hoping for.
0: Uh, wouldn't he be so old though he'd be way too old to be their dad
2: i there's no again there's no evidence that i just think that was the big they're like oh we'll just wait for we have a big guest star to bring the dad back in
0: all right well courtney thank you so much for joining us once again on the on the on the podcast um you know another for winner for your 15th time
2: watch.
1: i always have fun um uh,
0: all right well yes courtney thank you for coming on the podcast Listeners at home, we are doing another cross promotion with a podcast. Uh, So after this episode, after the credits, you can hear a promo for the podcast Discussing Trek, which does a kind of interesting panel show on both classic Star Trek episodes and new Star Trek episodes. So stick around to the end of the, uh, the episode. After the credits, you'll hear them telling you a little bit about that podcast. And uh, that about wraps it up. So you can get us on Gmail at ContinuumDrag at gmail.com if you have any comments on the Bionic Woman as we wrap it up here. And then, of course, on Instagram and Twitter, we'll have some clips from these final two episodes. You can see uh, just how low the low points were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The handle there is at ContinuumDrag. And that wraps it up. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I will see you next week. See you then. Jingle bells and happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>
2: Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dullock and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. I'm your host, Clarence, and I wanted to introduce you to the podcast. Discussing Trek is all about keeping you informed on the latest news and episode reviews in the Star Trek universe, while also staying engaged with our community of listeners. So be sure to hit that subscribe button for weekly content and stay locked in to
1: DiscussingTrek.com for more information. Until next time, guys, live long and prosper.